Alexa Suarez, welcome to The Carrie Croft Show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate mm -hmm. it. So Lisa, you may not know this, but you and I kind of got to know each other. This is before you knew me. Yes. Through me being a client at Lacquer. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're sitting here today, because I'm very impressed and just struck by how the authenticity and just when I walk into Lacquer, I could feel like, I don't know who owns this place, but who it's all, it's all yeah. the vibes <laughs> and all, all the good vibes. Mm -hmm. And so if you've been to Lacquer, you see the candy Yeah, and it wasn't, and, and just having candy there yeah. is, is intentional. And it's like, you're, you're like, okay, you're sitting down. You may have to wait. So I could just feel your thought process oh, of yeah. making this little space nice. Or coming in after work and you're just a little hangry and you're like, I need a hold over. You need a little sugar rush, yeah. right? But then you don't just dump the Starburst. You're no. like, nope, we're going to do all pink. Yeah. No so I noticed that shit mm -hmm. because I know how hard it is to run a business. And I yeah. know that the devil is in the details. Yeah. And I just, every time I'd come into lacquer, I have a million places I can go get my nails oh, yeah. tinted and waxed. Yeah. But I'm like, no, let me go to the place that has like the little streamers out front. Mm -hmm, and you walk in and you feel like this person care, like who is this person? Mm -hmm. And so you and I developed a relationship in my head before yeah. I knew who you were. And then when you did, when you did my brows, I'm yeah. like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic because you had all the reality TV dish, oh, yeah. everything. I'm like this girl. I t it all connected. Yeah. So bravo to you Thank and just you. kudos on you know just the everything you've been able to do on that street. You're basically buying up all the real Our estate. Block. It's amazing. I'm hoping that one day they just let us like risk it all and just not name it Michigan. I was gonna say, I, can they rename the street? We always joke about it because you know how like intense Ohio State fans are. And uh -huh. so we're like, I mean, it is named Michigan. So I mean, like maybe they'll like <laughs> you know go what? for it. That's actually a really A little lacquer lane or something. That's a brilliant angle to take. Well, they always cross off the M and all that. I'm like, let's save the fuss. Agreed. Yeah. I, well, you have my vote. Yeah. So let's, I want to start off the conversation with your tats mm -hmm. because I'm very, I've always wanted a tattoo. I think I've yeah. told you this. I think everyone needs one. But as, as bold and brave as I feel like I am and kind mm -hmm. of don't give a fuck, yeah. I've always been afraid to get a tattoo because I always feel like I have to have the, my body has to feel perfect or yeah. I've always put this weird thing onto a like tattoo. Like you're getting ready to get it or you just don't have the time. It's weird. And it. so I look at you and you have tats on your face yeah. and I have to say, it's just, I'm, I just am so, I don't know what the word is, if it's jealous of that or like, I just fucking love it. I think people that. are really curious because I get curious, all the time about it. But I'm like, girl go. Yeah. And so I feel like when I was younger, mm -hmm. when you see someone with a tattoo, yeah. they Scary. had a tear because they killed someone in yeah. prison. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Mike Tyson, right. I remember, and he's a boxer or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now I see people all the time. Yeah. And like with you, it's just, I don't think it would be right if you didn't have them. I know. It's weird. Like looking back at my mom's house, it's like a shrine, right? Like all of our old pictures when we were young. And it's just like, who is that? Like, it just doesn't seem like it's me. It just mm -hmm. feels like it was meant to be. Yeah. So the question that I have for you, though, mm -hmm. is getting a tattoo on your arm or on yeah. your wrist, it might be a ballsy move, but getting one on your yeah. face is basically drawing a huge line. You're just you're like, like, this is what it is. I am going to have <laughs> tattoos on my face. So yeah. was it different? Was it like a leap? Like, eh, or were you just like, no, I'm just doing it? It was. So a mix in between, because when I tattooed my face, I was self-employed at the time. And so... I wasn't going to get anything on my face if I wasn't in charge of my own career and how I was making money. Because that, unfortunately, especially when I, 
you know, I did this when my daughter was two and she's 12. So 10 years ago, people were still tattooing their face a little bit, but it was definitely not normal. Like it was not like a thing that you would go do. Or even if you were heavily tattooed, it was like, ooh, you would call them um, job stoppers, right? So like from your wrist down, so like on your hands or your neck or your face. And um, I think it helped that I tattooed my neck the one side when I was 19. And my mom was like, what the hell, dude? (laughs) Did she accept it quickly or was she? No, she was super upset about it. She always assumed I would like go to law school and stuff like that. And I think she just kind of looked at it as like, oh my gosh, you're just placing yourself in this one little area. Like you can only do certain things if you've tattooed your neck. And I remember um, I was a nanny at the time. My old boss, Melissa, she's so funny. But I walked in and the first thing she said, her husband's name was Michael. She was like, Michael's going to fucking kill you. And I was like, oh, shit. I didn't think about Michael. I was more scared of Michael than like my dad. You know, I cared what he thought and stuff, you know. And I remember Michael came out of the bedroom and goes, I'm going to fucking kill you. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit. But just like you said, everybody's like, it just works. Like you just kind of pull it off and like it's kind of your vibe anyway, you know. So by the time I got to tattooing my face, I was already pretty tattooed by then. But I was self-employed. I was like going through like the tail end of the breakup with Coco's dad and I was out in California with my friend Monica and our husband Ben in this shop. And he's like, so he's so well known, such an amazing tattooer, so talented. And I was like, I think I want to tattoo Chloe, like her name that she doesn't even go by now. So that's always a joke with her and I. Um, I was like, I think I want to tattoo that like on my brow. And he's like, let's do it. But he was like excited about it. And Monica was like, that'll be hot. Do it. Like they were so stoked on it that I was like, OK, now I'm stoked on it because no one around me was like, don't do it. You know what I mean? And so after I did it, I remember like as soon as he was done and he's also like the fastest tattooer ever. So it took like five minutes and I just like went in the bathroom and I was just like looking at myself and I'm like, that's me. Like that makes sense. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I totally feel like. I think it was just like a ball of, um, yeah, it was like making it permanent. It was like me and Coco, like me and Chloe, this is our thing. Like we're just doing what we want now. And and anyone that sees you, you're like, yeah, that's my girl. Yeah. But now it's so funny because even though it's very crisp and you can see what it says, People are like, oh, are you Chloe? Or, oh, you yes, know, I'm and I'm Chloe. like, no, I don't need my own name tattooed on my own face, you know? Or I've heard like, does that say Ohio? I'm like, oh, God, no. Yes, I'm a big Ohio State yeah, fan. Huge. But see, if I tattooed Dane on my forehead or I'm right here, it just wouldn't have the same. <laughs> yeah. It just wouldn't be the You just have the, it just works I think for the you. placement, that's a huge thing that I always tell people about tattooing also. It's all about how it flows. So like it needs to sit on my face a certain way to where it goes down. Or like if I have my hair how I do now, like you can cover it, you can wear your hair up and expose it like yeah it also has to do with the font like i feel like if it was in a shitty font it wouldn't be as pretty times new roman isn't cutting no it. no comic sans on the face <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine no. now has your husband tatted you yeah so he's tattooed i was already pretty tattooed when we met and he's tattooed me a bunch but i feel like people assume because i'm married to a tattoo artist that like oh you get tattooed all the time now i go like years in between one because i'm running out of space and i think as you get older it hurts more Right. Well, here's my question too. Yeah. So I'm picturing like, how, how erotic is that? Like, oh, so that's not, <laughs> so I have this thing in my head where yeah. you're like, like, you know, you got that in the background the and, and he comes in and you're kind of like, you know, low music <laughs> and, and, and it kind of hurts a little bit when he's doing it, but yeah. you're like, Oh baby. But no, no, not at all. Uh, Actually. So what's funny is I talk about this with clients all the time. Cause they'll ask and I'm like, so when Jake tattoos me, typically we can't book anything in advance. Because when it comes time to it, I'm like, wouldn't you rather like go eat and go to Target instead of like being here? And he's like, yeah, let's go do that. And also, 
I don't know. Now I know what it feels like. So I get scared about the pain. And so then I'm just like, I don't know. So it has to be kind of like, oh, you have 45 minutes. Let's do something. So now. there's, yeah. So my, my vision. And I don't even talk to him while he's doing it. I like have headphones on. I'm like watching Netflix. I'm hanging out. Okay. Know? I see. Because half of it is also like that hurt. It hurts more. Like you made it hurt more. So it actually is the exact opposite of erotic. You're, you get kind of pissy. I kind of like my, my vision of it a little bit better. Right. Yeah. Your vision is. You know, nicer. I was thinking like <laughs> slow-mo. Like if your husband was like a dentist and you had to do a root canal and you're like, that hurts because you didn't do enough now. Like you would find a way to be like, you hurt me more than your patients. You know oh what I mean? Oh my God. And then what so if no. he fucks up a tattoo and you don't like it and you're like, can I have my money back? Well, so the last time he tattooed me, it was the top of my shoulders and they're identical and they have to be symmetrical because it's like right there. You know what I mean? And I remember he like placed them on and there was one just slightly down farther than the other. And so I think I'm an annoying client because it's my husband. Because I can be like, move it. No, it's not perfect. Move it again. Move it again. Move it again. But if it was a client, it would be a different yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So going back to your lovely spaces mm-hmm. that I that I adore. When I was in there recently getting my yoni steam, yeah. I was getting my vag steamed up. Hydrated. Oh, I was saying, what was I saying? I, was, I felt oh. like a, um, hot, a dumpling, like a... Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. But I went to that bathroom mm-hmm. that I've never been in before and yeah. you have that sign up mm-hmm. and it's basically like, hey, everybody's welcome here, yeah. all walks of life, which mm-hmm. it struck me. Like I looked at it and I was like, this is really fucking cool. Yeah. I feel like as a business owner, of course we accept everyone. Yeah. Like we're assuming it. But people don't always feel that Correct. Way. Mm-hmm. So you you actually drawing that line and mm-hmm. saying that, it was it, it struck me in a really good way. And yeah. it made me feel like, wow, I think we need to do some more overt things to yeah. just make sure everybody knows. It's crystal clear, yeah. Yeah. And so what is your, I guess, background or mm-hmm. in your life that makes you so wanting to put that sign up and be like, this is what we're about? Yeah. I think a lot of it is just, uh, especially when I started my business like eight years ago, right? It was way, the world was so different eight years ago. And it seems like that was not like that long ago, but it really was if you think about it, you know? And I kept finding, it kind of ties into the whole reason I opened a business in general was like, there was never a place for everybody. Like, and I feel like that's pretty normal. Like you have a business and you're like, what type of client or customer or whatever comes here? And you can kind of visualize like, oh, that's like their target. This is their target. But there really aren't a lot of salons where it's like, okay, you see a lot of, um, people of all different ages, all different backgrounds, all different um, range of genders and this like there's you just don't see that in salons. It's kind of pigeonholed of like who goes mm-hmm. there and the whole um, I just felt like it was necessary. And especially what broke my heart in particular was having clients that are trans and transitioning and those very vulnerable like first stages of like, OK, so I'm ready to do this and this is who I am but where do I go to get my makeup done or to have somebody like teach me how to put mascara on? Like, it's such a yeah. weird, like sensitive, vulnerable thing. And I just was like, oh, it just broke my heart. Cause I'm like, there needs to be a place for everybody that you can just like walk in and book it. And it's like, okay, this is who you are. Here's your person, get your stuff done. You look beautiful. See you later. Yeah. Without it being like, oh, I feel weird or how are they going to treat me? Or are people going to ask too many questions? You know? So a lot of it um, had to do with like just the trans community in general. It's just, you know, everybody needs a space to feel safe, you know? So I remember specifically, um, I was telling this story the other day about when I first opened Lacquer, we had a couple of trans clients that were first coming in. And then we noticed it was like, oh, can I come here just to like work on my computer and things like that? Like they've had a place just to hang 
and feel like, and that's what I always wanted Locker to be is like a little hangout spot. Yeah. And now that we're um, going to be expanding a little bit more, I want to be able to create more open spaces like that for people to just come and like chill and like yeah. plug into the Wi-Fi and do your thing. Um, so I'm glad that things are getting better in the world, you know, especially just in salons and things like that. But um, there wasn't a spot I felt like in Columbus at the time that was for everybody, like where you could have like a cute little grandma coming in and getting a pedicure. And then there's like um, one of our clients that does sex work in the next chair. Then you have like someone's dad getting a facial. Like just everybody needs to feel like they can come in and hang out. I totally agree yeah. with that. Because, you know, and that and then for me, opening the spaces to feel like that is I remember going into places I won't name names where <laughs> you'd walk in and they would like just totally ignore that you were there or it'd be like, well, you know, this service is this much money. Right. And you're like, are they, pre- were they pretty woman in your ass? Yeah. Like, like you very can't much afford- so. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was getting a little bit of that, but then the opposite end, um, there was a salon. It's not even around anymore, but, um, it was like super cool and edgy. And like, especially when I was 19, like the older cool girls that were like 30, you know, and all tattooed and stuff like that, you'd go into places like that and not feel cool enough because it was just like a different way to be pretentious yeah just as the other places were you know and i'm like well where did the girls go and the gays and the days and everybody just that they can just get what they want but then with also a very um like diverse and range of service providers because that's another thing is like i think it's really cool how many people we have and that there's like everyone is so different like personality looks just what they're into yeah and, but you walk in and you're like, oh yeah, there's really somebody for everybody here. Oh, whenever I get yeah. my, my brows done, mm-hmm. I think, like, I wonder what color yeah. hair is the girl going to yeah. have? Or like they're, oh, they never disappoint with yeah. the color and the, like the, the diversity and the, mm-hmm. they just let their flag fly. Or like what reception is going to be working today? It's like, good. What, what sort of outfit are we going to be seeing? It's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. So a lot, you know, in that vein, I think I saw something about racism on your car or something. Yeah. What is it? Oh, it says fuck racism. Fuck race. Okay. Yeah. So clearly this is all the same, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody belongs. Yeah. I don't care what color you I are. I don't like, it's like the whole idea of like the kids sitting by themselves at lunch. Oh, or or getting picked, picked, picked last gym class. Mm-hmm. I hate that. And like, I feel like we've all been that kid or we've like had friends that are that kid or something. And I'm just like, that is such a sad feeling. And some people get off on like, not, uh, what's the word for it? Like kind of being more the bully mm-hmm. or like the top dog or mm-hmm. like, you know, and I just have never been into that. So my question for you, because mm-hmm. this has come up recently in yeah. some of my conversations with my friends with racism and everything mm-hmm. that's going on in the world, like if you're quiet, if you don't stand up and say something, yeah. you're basically complicit. You're basically going along with that. What is your, like when you hear something or let's say you're at dinner, a holiday dinner and Uncle Ed, who's like clearly, a, you know, isn't going to change and is saying something. Are you the person yeah. who's like, look, Uncle Ed, I'm going to fuck you up yeah. and we're not going to have a relationship. Or do you pick and choose your battles to say, all right, Uncle Ed is like may not be salvageable, but I'm yeah. going to like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like if you don't say something yeah. in any situation that you are basically saying everything? So I'm, I am diehard about see something, say something, mm-hmm. because I just feel like, you know, there's people out there that don't have a big enough voice that they can stand up for themselves. Or again, like, especially you think of like a situation, if you're witnessing racism there again, is the person just kind of like, being embarrassed, being on the spot, all this stuff, and someone needs to say something. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, and I've been like that since I was little. I was never afraid to like say something. And like, as far as like the Uncle Eds, I feel like <laughs> everyone, even if you think they are like a lost cause, it would surprise you. I think that everyone could get a little better at their approach, right? 
because even though I'm very passionate about the things that I am and I'm very bold about it and like people know like this is what it is you have to have a different approach when you're dealing with people that are a little bit resistant so like there's people in my family that have um opposite let's say political stance that I do and things like that so instead of going die hard with what I believe in I ask them questions of like well what do you think about this one topic right well now what about this and what you start to unravel is you're like actually you don't really think how you think you think when Mm -hmm. you break it down you can't put everything as like a whole so there's people in my family that I've been working on for years but I think it's worth the work yeah do you, you think know? it's, have you gotten somewhere? Oh, I've gotten somewhere. Good. Yeah. That's great. And so, But you just can't go in there and like, you know, spit on Uncle Ed and be like, you're a piece of shit. No. You know what Die, I mean? Uncle Ed. And then I also, when they are, like I have someone in my family specifically that I've said this to um, before where it's like, you would not bring that energy to someone's face. And so that's another thing I'm big on is like, don't say anything about someone or to someone that you want to say directly to them. Mm-hmm. So like you can act like a racist piece of shit you would never say that to anybody so shut up like that's you not you're your just like yeah, trying like, to be cool what you're not and you're embarrassing no yeah. so i assume so that you know and that's a, that brings up a good next point mm-hmm. is this cancel culture and being like email tough guy or instagram yeah. dm tough guy what are your thoughts on you know to me the mental health crisis and and the visibility of it yeah. today which is positive but the crisis which isn't yeah but then you have this whole culture of just people who cannot wait to cancel someone or just pummel them like a mob, yeah. like whether it's Chrissy Teigen mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Like, yeah. I don't, is she my cup of tea? No, she right. never has been. But I'm not going to like, you yeah. know, pile on. I'm just going to maybe unfollow or hide. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? I can't imagine you're a huge fan of so, cancel culture. No, because I go back to intention, mm-hmm. right? So I think that there's like a weird disconnect with like, I think it's great that people have like loud voices and they, you know, want to use them and all that stuff. That's great. But like I said, how are you doing that? And like, what is the intention that you have? Right. And also what was the intention of the other person? And then if someone's just like a huge piece of shit, like Mm -hmm. you said, they're just not for you. Right. And you can have your own feelings and you can express them. But I think it's also, it's a delicate process in how you express them because i think speaking up and saying things sometimes is necessary but like you said not for every single little thing Mm -hmm. like i think that everything needs a 72 like digestion period hour you know right think about something for three days how are you going to handle it what are you going to say what should you do then proceed Mm -hmm. with caution that's actually really because you're not going to get anywhere just like coming at somebody Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and half the time it's never about what it's about. I feel like it's like literally totally, in every oh. situation. So I'm like, if someone's eager to be like, cancel, like, okay, you, you want a real life example of that? I'll yeah. tell you one. So this was probably a couple of years and I forget when it was. We had a DM warrior about, so my husband had done a cover up of a, it was like a, a guy that had been in prison for a couple of years and he had, you know, you have to do what you got to do in there, I guess. Right. And like gang up or however that works. And so he had like a racist tattoo on him. I forget what it was. like a Swastika or something? Something like that, right? So Jake and a bunch of the other tattooers just in the city will do it too, where they'll like cover up tattoos and, um, you know, to try to help people like get on with their life and yeah. whatever, heal and all that stuff. And this person was just like coming out. Kind of, but I'm like, what is this about? Like, this is a good thing that we're doing. And the reason the picture was posted to show that there are tons of other people out there that feel so like embarrassed to come into a tattoo shop to get things like that covered up and all that stuff 
Um, but it's just to be like, hey, we also do this service to like, you know, so I think it's very helpful. And um, she was just not having it going back and forth, back and forth. And I was like, I'm going to give you a real example. I said, we had a guy come in, not this wasn't this was separate from the prison situation, where when he was like young, he was like an older man, he was probably like early 70s, whatever, but he was about to be a grandpa. And his daughter was married to a black man. So she was going to be having black children. And he was like, I have, you know, he was covered in tattoos, but he had some like old shitty symbols somewhere on his arm. And he said, when she told me I was pregnant, he goes, I always knew it was something I needed to cover up. That's not who I was. That was, you know, 50 years ago, whatever. And he's like, I always felt embarrassed to go into a shop to get it covered up. So it was kind of like, what do we do with this? And um, he's like, my son-in-law knew I wasn't like that. Like that was something that was in my past. But he's like, I kept thinking when she told me she was having twins, that there I was going to be grandpa holding the babies like this. And he's like, that's going to be in the picture. And my grandkids are going to see that. And this is going to be horrible. And this is not who I am. And so um, he came in and got it covered up and it was like, he was so thankful and blah, blah, blah. And I gave her that example. I was like, so what should people be doing then? Yeah. And so what's should the problem? Should someone just be canceled forever and there's no room for growth, there's no room for change, throw that person away. I think that if people are putting in the effort to be better or to like, you know, things like that, cover up old tattoos or um, educate themselves, things like that, I think the cancel culture. I wish there was that much hype in um, trying to help people grow and be better. Totally. And improvement so that we can all just like be better. And then we normalize changing your mind, becoming better, Mm -hmm. self-growth. So yeah, I don't like it. And I think that there's always something weird behind it. Like in this situation specifically of just like, why are we fighting all day? And I was like, in this amount of time that you're going to go back and forth with me in DMs, like I can just call you on the phone. Oh, I agree. Or if you want to learn more about it or, you know, so there's been a couple of things like that over the years that it's interesting. And I think it's once you figure out that some people are just very committed to misunderstanding you. Oh, I, yeah. Like when you can go next, next, I'm going to yeah. lose fast because mm-hmm. you are very committed to misunderstanding yeah. me. So I, I'm not even going to right. to deal with that. Yeah. But yeah, I have an issue with cancel culture. I mean, I, I do agree. Like some people don't. It's a pile on. Like the Kanye thing. That was horrible. He should never have done it. Like, that's not a good situation. But I mean, I feel like other times you see things, somebody makes a mistake on social media that may not be as oh, big as people even like wording things. Just, just and things, they, anything. Yeah, like, it's oh, just like, wow. man, like some people just, I feel like aren't happy in themselves and their lives. And this is a way for them to sort of cyber bully it's and just crazy I think that's and to be a part is. of something even if it is negative they don't even realize it yeah it's almost like a sense of camaraderie to dogpile now the Kanye situation I was passionate for Kanye to be done with years ago because mm-hmm. I was like it's so funny I was talking to someone the other day that was kind of a Kanye defender and I was like Kanye's been showing us who he is since 2008 sure there's mental health and other things trickled in like of course everybody has issues with that but I was like this has been an issue this is not like Oh, this just happened. It's like a weird four month stand. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. It's like he's dying on the hill of just being no. a straight up. What do you think he is? Like, do you think he's just really is a he's racist? He's narcissistic. I he's got a mental know. illness. I, I mean, and like it's so weird because we're in this bubble, right? Where we see like celebrity. We talked about loving reality mm-hmm. TV and all that. It's like you see everybody in like this globe, and you don't really like know, or you don't know if it's a personality, like it's fake or whatever else. But um, I think Kanye, it's just layered. There's just stuff there that he needs to digest. Maybe like <laughs> step back from the step He back. needs to maybe take a 30 days in Bali. Yeah. <laughs> just like go to one of those retreats, get the little things. But then even after that, he has to do the work of like if he was going to change overnight and change his opinions. Right. I don't know. Kind of smoothing that over or like continuing to learn. I just worry about the kids are getting older. Oh, Pumps me out. I know. 
I'm like, I don't, you know, the positive of this is that Kim K is really, I mean, she's sort of come out as just, I mean, I feel like she feels balanced and, and has evolved and maybe come out like the lawyer. I feel like she's getting out there a little bit in terms of not just being the celebrity. Yeah. And I listened to some interviews she did the other day about like protecting the kids. She was how the kids like still don't know anything negative about their dad. I think that's important, you know, to kind of protect them. But she was, I think she said something about like, uh, I forgot how she worded it. But basically, like, those days are going to be over soon because the kids are getting so much older. It's like, yeah. what do you do? But yeah, hopefully he makes a comeback or figures it out. But if he's not going to improve on, like, just being an anti-Jew <laughs> racist, then I think it's that not we wor- just that's need not to, like, work out. No. just be like, yeah, college dropout was tight. Yeah. And uh, that was long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, so something I noticed about you, and, like, as I'm sitting here, too, mm-hmm. it's just, like, really coming to me, the vibe. Yeah. You know, in spite of, you know, you have these strong beliefs and mm-hmm. you're a hustler and all these things. But what mm-hmm. comes through to me, as because mm-hmm. I'm clairvoyant and it's coming through <laughs> to me, is compassion. Yeah. I feel it. You have this soft, this softness about you that yeah. I feel like you could really deliver a, a shit sandwich in a really amazing way. Because I think yeah. you have true compassion and not a lot of people have. I mean, a lot of people do, but some people just don't. And so do you, it's no secret about your weight Uh loss journey and you grew up and I I think you said you weighed at one time 300. I think 335 was my heaviest. Mm -hmm. So do you think that, were you always compassionate? Was it a mix of things like you, you being that heavy and kind Mm -hmm. of seeing how you were treated in the world? Cause I, I, I doubt that you were treated the same then as you are now. Completely different. So how has that impacted the way that the you compassion just the way yeah the way that you I think just handle life and I think it goes beyond the weight loss because I feel like we always joke like people that know me the best like I just went to dinner with a friend the other day and met a bunch of her coworkers and stuff and um I was telling stories and everything and I was like oh my gosh I forget that I've lived like 60 lives in these 35 years like I've I've it's wild to think about like just every point of my life I've been and that's like looks or whatever just relationships situations And I think that it's because I've been on all sides of so many different situations that it's like, I love um, just, yeah, seeing both sides and learn about both sides so I can understand people a little bit better. And I am a firm believer in some people just need a shot or some people just need a little bit more confidence or they just need a couple more years of growth or just, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I'm a firm believer in like we do this once. Oh, yeah. That's it. There's no rehearsal for this. And that's what it is. But a lot of people live life like they have... 10 rehearsals ahead. Yes. Or the, the next, yeah, like I said, the next round, I'm going to do this. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe that. So my whole thing is like, I like to do what I want when I want to, when I have I'm like going to try to get there if it's that important to me to fit it all into this lifetime. But with that, there's people that we have to work with and know and get along with and stuff along the way. And I think it's just, we'd be writing off so many good people if we didn't show a little bit more kindness and you just never know what people are going through. And that's something that with what I do all day with servicing people is like you see somebody walking in, they could have it totally together. And maybe it's a client that you're like, wow, I hope I'm like that when I'm her age. Or like, I love like, you know, whatever, just little things about them. But then they lay down and after they're numbing and I'm about to do their brows, they're like, you want to hear this shit? And you're like, I had no idea that like maybe it's a client that's struggling with like infertility and she got told that day, that's it. No more chances. Or clients coming in and finding out that their husband has been having a 10-year affair. Or that they found a bunch of stuff on their son's computer that he's suicidal. Or that, so you know what I mean? Like, we're all just, like, taking each other as face value. And so I think that's where the compassion comes in is 
um, I've always been that person since I was a kid, like where people just open up to me. So I've been able to like see beyond the person a little bit more and been the person that has been constantly evolving and changing. And you're seeing so many different sides of me that I think if we just had a little more patience and just um, invested in humans more, it'd be great. And that's why like the past couple of years have been so weird with like the disconnect and then insert cancel culture and internet and like all that stuff. It's just like, we get back to basics. It's too much sometimes. You're it's like, what is overwhelming? I feel like um, Jake and I were talking about that the other day. I was like, if I didn't have a business, I feel like I would just like not use social media. I yeah. one listen yeah. that you just you just literally took because we have to. my thoughts. You know, I I love it in some ways, and SOS keeps me dialed in, yeah. and keeps my passion for wanting to do it and say mm-hmm. certain things. But if it were just me, I think. At times I'm like, man, you know, the unobserved life. I saw that the other day. I don't even know where, but it's like, there's something to be said for the unobserved life. And I'm like, you know what? I mean, not that I have a bunch of followers observing me. But but you know what I say is privacy is the new luxury. It is. Mm -hmm. It is, right? It's not secret. It's just being private. Just like, I don't know. Not everything has to be out there for everybody to have their, your highlights for people to have an opinion, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you said in this, what you were talking about earlier, when you said in your 35 years, you've lived so much. Lives, yeah. And so when I asked you prior to this, mm-hmm. I was like, cause I, I asked people for music. Cause I yeah. feel like I can get to know you a lot yeah. with like, like what, what music would you My bang to? What random. makes you cry? Mm-hmm. Well, you had one on there that resonates with me. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people's fix you by Coldplay. Mm-hmm. And I was just curious, what, yeah. what is it with that, that song? Like what? I don't, I don't even really remember when that song came out, but I 2006. Remember, yeah. Okay. So that was the year I was graduating. Oh, oh yeah, the box. See, let me let me let me show off my mixing skills I love here. That. Yeah, yeah. So 2006 was the year I graduated high school. So I think it was just um, when that song hit. It was a year of another year of transition. And I remember I went to a Coldplay concert and felt like it was like I only had gone to that one. And I don't know, that was a experience. Like Did it you- wasn't just about the concert. I was like, oh my gosh. I think it was just the time, the place, the age, the situation that was going on at the time but now I was obsessed with Coldplay mm-hmm. but I think it was the years that I was really heavily listening to Coldplay were like such nostalgia it's kind of like I love I didn't put on that list though but I love like 90s country oh do you oh my gosh I the playlist I have like I, I love 90s country and people are like what because I'd go to the gym does, that does not strike me and they would think I'd be putting on like I don't know something scary right and I'm like okay guys are we up for Brooks and Dunn and the guys are like holy shit I think you I I would think you'd but be then, playing Exactly. This. But then I like that stuff too. I mean, who doesn't love that song? But 90s country came from, um, my dad was a radio personality growing up. So we grew up in the radio station. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. WMRN, Joe Suarez. Really? Yeah. So that's like, was us going to my dad's on the weekends was in the radio station. Oh my God. I love and that. And playing around in the green room and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So before we wrap up mm-hmm. and this has been a, I've yeah. loved this chewing yeah. the fat. I mean, we have to have you back. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this could be like a, a monthly cameo chewing the fat with yeah. you, but what, give me just a, what is on the horizon for you? Yeah. I mean, are you looking for lacquer galleries all over? Are you looking no. to evolve? What's so the people? I think people like expect that or assume that, but even just from when I had, um, the Clintonville location and Italian village until we could expand once that spot opened in right next door to us in Harrison West, which is another thing. People have been like, oh, you had to close two salons during COVID. I was like, we expanded. We literally did. But just in the same way. Let's turn the can word we, close into open. Can we make sure that that's aware? <laughs> um, so I really like being on one corner and like just uh, my goal going forward is just to keep trying to 
build the team and like, you know, maintain the team. I love that we have so many like OGs that have been there for so long and just um, doing cooler shit together. And um, I'm really trying to get back next year into getting more back into the community of the client stuff, like doing more like little client event things. And because we used to do that back in the day, but then we just kind of ran out of space, you know. What about personally with Chloe or Coco, we call her now, not Chloe, with Coco and your hubs, like any plans, any sort of um, yeah, really. It's just this year's just about because last year was all like doing stuff with the house, like, you know, fixing up the backyard, all that stuff. So now it's just more about like family time and um, hopefully traveling more and stuff. Because now that she's getting older, because we waited and all that, you know what I mean? Because I was like, I'm not going to take an eight year old on some like wild vacation. She's not going to remember. But now she's such like a little woman. And it's so fun. She's like my little friend. Oh so God, we just like it. pal around and um yeah, I just really want more family time and just, I don't know, I feel like these next couple of years are going to go so quick, like from 12 to 18 is, yikes, that's going to be so fast. And then she's out doing her thing. So I'm oh. just trying to absorb her as much I as I can. I feel mm-hmm. like that with Dane and he's only four. I know. Because yeah, four seems like it was last week. And I'm like, oh, you're 12? Okay. My God. I know. Well, Lisa, you did not disappoint. I feel like we literally just scratched the surface of so many like Mm -hmm. topics that we could bring up. But like, hey, my schedule's open, so maybe we can seven minutes away. Maybe we can have you back again. Of course, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And and guys, remember support your local girl gang. Well, now we mix it up this year. Okay. Again, we have to be more inclusive, right? So we're Uh, going with the whole support your local creative. Ooh, support your local creative. I like that. that. But that's an example of yeah. We grow as we go. I like it. Mm -hmm. Support your local creative. Yep. And keep moving.